everyone, and welcome back to the Uncle Marv podcast. I am your host, Marvin B., and it has been some time. I will spend some time tonight explaining what had happened. So the last time we saw each other was at the end of November. We had a lovely call-in show, a lovely holiday show before the holidays, and then what happened? Well, life, holidays, the new year, things got a little cray-cray. We had several plans to do some shows, and we were actually going to do a show from the mountains of Georgia. That did not happen, but we had a lovely time, the missus and I, up in the mountains, lovely cabin. The weather was, it was still cold, but it wasn't as cold as it could have been, so it was enjoyable for me. And on a personal note, I have to say that previously, I believe it's for the last, I don't know, five, six years, I had been undefeated in cornhole within the family, and I suffered my first loss in 2021. That should have been a foreshadowing of what was to come because it was it was mind-boggling. I, I, I don't know how it happened I, I think I had something wrong with my elbow or something like that, but uh, it did happen, and uh, we will talk a little bit more about what transpired after that in just a couple of minutes. I do want to acknowledge people in the chat room. Hello. Thank you for hopping in. Bubba Jay is there. I said hello to Tanya in the pre-show, Beth, and my good friend, Becky. Becky, sorry I couldn't venture over to the West Coast to see you again. Life gets in the way, but we shall keep on keeping on. Now, let us do a little bit of housekeeping. For those of you that are here in the chat that were not here in the pre-chat, and for those of you listening to this or watching this after the fact, after the show tonight, there will be a private Zoom meeting. I'll explain more about that a little bit later, but I want to get that out up front in case you guys decide to bolt and leave. Um, But there will be an 8.45 p.m. private Zoom meeting. It will not be streamed live. It will not be recorded. So if you want to see that, head to my Facebook page to get the link. If you want to do that, I will not be putting it here in the chat. And it was sent out privately earlier for those that are joining late. And... That should be it. So let me explain a little bit of what happened. So the last podcast was in November, as I mentioned. Uh, December rolled around. We were supposed to do the cabin uh, podcast, the Christmas podcast. That did not happen. And then, of course, holidays got in the way, Thanksgiving, Christmas. But at the beginning of the year, we were all set to roll out with a new episode. I had some, some topics and guests lined up. The podcast was going to be a little bit different. We were going to take on some topics, do some heart healthy type podcasts, uh, continue with the reunion podcast that I was doing with catching up with people. But literally the first week of January, we got some bad news in the family. That bad news was Queen B, my mother, had to be admitted into the hospital. 
and it was a little sudden and unexpected and turns out that she had to go in because she was experiencing basically a body shutdown. She was having, for lack of a better phrase, renal failure, anemia, um, and it took a couple of days for the doctors to quite figure out what was going on. Now, for those of you that grew up with me in Satellite Beach that had seen my mom knows that she is a fighter. And I say that because of this. She had gone two previous rounds with cancer that we had not disclosed to anybody. Um, Queen Bee is a private lady in the sense that she does not want our personal business put out in the public. Now, as you can imagine, that's not me. I put myself out there, but I did respect her wishes, except for tonight. And she is basically going to kill me if she finds out that I am breaking protocol, but I am. And a lot of that is to explain not only what has been happening, but to ask you all to understand what is happening and why things are the way that they are. So she has had two previous bouts with cancer. They were regular cancers, and she basically took them to the mat and licked them. This time, however, it was a little bit different. She uh, has come down with basically light chain, multiple myeloma. And for those of you, of you that don't know what that is, it is one of the rare cancers. Um, it is not an easy one to diagnose. And it is not easy to treat. And the best way to explain it is that it is a type of bone cancer where you get lesions or spots in the bones. You have abnormal cells in the plasma. And if you don't detect it early enough, your body basically shuts down and, and that's it. So... She had happened to be going for regular testing anyways. A doctor had noticed something was a little bit off, told her she needs to get to the emergency room. She thought, yeah, I'll get to it. And then she contacted her regular doctor, and he said, oh, no, you need to go now. And so that is what happened. So from the beginning of January, basically until now, we have been dealing with that as a family. My two sisters and I are basically rotating and going up to see my mom. Now, for those of you that do not know the logistics of my family, mom lives in Melbourne, which is across the river from Satellite Beach where we grew up. My middle sister, Michelle, is still in Palm Bay. My younger sister, Noelle, is down here by me. We are in Fort Lauderdale, and we are two and a half hours from mom. So it's not an easy thing to just simply hop in the car and go see her. But that's what we're doing. We are taking turns going up on the weekends. Just to go back and give you an update, mom is in the hospital for, I believe, two weeks, plus or minus. Uh, they got everything under control, and they got her a diagnostic plan, which she is doing. She is getting her chemo. She is getting dialysis um, multiple times a week. She just finished her first round of the big battery test which they will use to kind of go back and figure out a baseline and see if they can readjust her levels, her chemo, um, her dialysis. 
and we'll see how that goes. But right now, she is fine. She is a fighter, like I said earlier. And, you know, outside of a few little changes in the way that she has to operate, she's Queen B. She's feisty. She is uh, doing what the Queen B does. Basically what she says go. Uh, except for tonight, because I'm throwing all of our stuff out here in public. So that is what is happening. We, uh, again, I think what happened is cancer realized that we couldn't get her with the regular cancers. We're going to try to throw out this rare cancer and see if that can do it. And I think she's just going to basically slap that upside the head and say enough with that. So that is my story about long live the queen. In other news, those of you that went to Palm Beach Atlantic with me knew or know of Amy Coons. Amy Coons is someone that attended Palm Beach Atlantic from 1987 to 1991 and became one of my friends. I have to tell you, I do not remember how we met. And that probably is something that I can say of a lot of people, except this, that somehow Coons and I hit it off. We found ourselves hanging out with each other. And after I left Palm Beach Atlantic, still stayed in touch with her, called her on the phone. She called me on the phone. We talked about things both public and private. And she is the reason for several things in my life that I want to bring to your attention tonight. And the reason I am bringing them to your attention tonight is because we lost Amy suddenly and unexpectedly on Thursday. I don't have any information to give you. I don't have an explanation. I don't have an update except to say that her father uh, has made the trip to Chicago and hopefully will be updating us shortly. It is a obviously weird time for him, for her brother, um, and for a lot of her closest friends. Uh, like I said, it was it was sudden and unexpected. Um, that's all I'm going to say about that. But if you join us for the private Facebook group, that is what I meant by um, we will be talking about that a little bit later. But to get back to Amy Coons. Amy was somebody who, as I mentioned, was somebody that I hit it off with, and I don't know why, except to tell you that Amy found herself in leadership at Palm Beach Atlantic, just like I was. We were, leadership consisted of a bunch of things at Palm Beach Atlantic. It consisted of junior achievement and consisted of campus ministries. Palm Beach Atlantic was a private school associated with the First Baptist Church. So there was a huge campus ministry program there. Leadership also included the resident assistants, the RAs. There was other student life organizations. So all of these organizations formed the leadership committee for Palm Beach Atlantic. And Amy was a part of that, as was I. So we did a lot of things together in terms of events. Uh, We, for some reason, started going to the Broward County Fair on an annual basis. Odd. I'm not a fair guy. I don't know that she was, but I, what I can tell you is that Amy was a pretty adventurous person and would do 
just about anything as long as it was fun and especially if it was new and exciting. She she did not hold back, and one of the things that I learned from her was to just do it. And many of you that know me from satellite probably thought, well, didn't you just do it anyway? Well, yeah, I did, but I kind of did it recklessly in high school. And in college, I was trying to be more of the straight and narrow guy. I was trying to, you know, be a little bit more safer with my words, filter things. And Amy was like, why are you doing that? Just let it go. And for a lot of times that we did, it was during that time that... (laughs) Amy started working at a place called the Wildlife Conservatory, and she was very proud, very proud, and took me to this place, and it had rare species. This was not your regular zoo. This would be, uh, and I don't even know if it's still there. I'm probably going to have to go look it up to find out, but, you know, at the zoo, you have your regular animals. You have your gorillas and monkeys, and you have your you know, whatever you have at the zoo. You have all those things, and they're all regular animals that we know, but at the rare wildlife conservatory, there would be animals that maybe there's 10 left in the world, and this place would have one or two of them. And the goal was to conserve and protect these animals. And that is where I first learned about her love for the animals. Now, She loved animals before, but that was my first encounter with it. And from the time she worked there all the way up to the time she worked at the Brookfield Zoo in Chicago, I became very aware of her affinity for animals. Um, She spoke up for those animals and expected us to understand that those animals were just as intelligent, just as deserving of life as we are here. And if you just took the time to listen and understand them, life would be a whole lot easier. Let me move on to two important things that happened in my life and why I consider her one of my friends. And when I say one of my friends, all of us have probably a handful of friends that if you had to reveal your darkest, your deepest inner secrets, you may have one, you may have five, some of you may have more. I can count on one hand those friends, and not all of them know everything. Each one knows a different secret. Amy was one of those people that probably knew more than most. So... I mentioned that we met at Palm Beach Atlantic, and when I left Palm Beach Atlantic, my my next stop was in Wake Forest, North Carolina, which is just outside of Raleigh. I was there to get a master's degree, but it was not a master's degree as most of you understand it. I got my major in business administration. I got a minor in mathematics. Don't ask me why. So I went to... Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary to figure some things out. And the first year, fantastic. Had a lovely time. Carolina is a beautiful place. Wake Forest, Raleigh had some wonderful people. Things were looking good. 
came back to Satellite Beach for that first summer, went back up for the year of 1990 to 1991, and it was probably the worst year that I've ever, ever experienced in life. That year, I was attending church on the campus in the first year. In the second year, that church, uh, which had been torn down by Hurricane Hugo in the years prior to my going to Carolina, had had their church rebuilt. So a group of us that were attending that, that chapel service on campus decided we would continue with the church off campus in Franklin County, North Carolina. Now, when I talk about this county, I am going to call it the most racist county in America. And not that I've been to all the counties in America, but I have never been in a situation where I have been so worried about my life as I was that time. So much so that I caused a big ruckus at that church, at the seminary, and I had learned of some things at seminary where the NAACP came in and the school blocked their efforts to talk with me. And I was a bit upset. And so some things had happened, nothing major, nothing illegal, no fighting, no setting of things on fire, because it was pretty much me. There's maybe like three other black people at the school. But the bottom line is I was pissed. I was angry. And I was ready to leave and head back to the lovely, the lovely state of Florida. Well, I had a phone call to make. My first call was to Amy Coons, who pretty much calmed me down and said, why are you going to leave and let them win? What are you going to do? What is that going to accomplish? You haven't quit anything in your life as far as I know. Why would you quit now? So we had that conversation. I went to the registrar to basically try to get out of school, and the registrar even said, well, why don't you think about it? Talk to Amy some more, and I ended up staying there. I do call it the uh, the three years of darkness, but I did finish Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary with my master's degree that I will never, ever use. That, I say, to lead you to part two of one, when the situation with George Floyd happened, Amy called me because she was having a bit of difficulty in understanding why in the world are we still having issues with race in this country. And she wanted to do something. And I said, Amy, what are you going to do? I mean, we're, we're two people. And she said, well, we've got to do something. And it was Amy that said, why don't you explain racism to me? And I said, I can't. It is a, a hard thing to do. And she said, why not? which was one of her things that, at least from my perspective, she would always ask the questions, why and why not? Yeah, well, I don't think I can do that. Why? Well, I think about, well, why not? So it was, 
her that convinced me to have talks about diversity and to explain to people what racism meant to me, share my experiences, because she was right in the fact that her big point to me was that, Marvin, nobody knows what you've been through. Everybody assumes that life has been easy. And for the most part, she was right, because as I started to share, people were like, oh, I didn't know. And it became awkward for them. But I learned that it it is better to be awkward than to be angry. So we had a few conversations. We needed to do more, and we did not get around to it. Um, Again, we let things like life get in the way. The second thing that really stands out to me is that in 1997, I was working at a computer store. And I'd been there a couple of years. I was running the tech department, and I was having ongoing conversations with my boss, who at the time was talking about expanding a store and doing this and doing that and how do we make more money. And one of the things that we did not do is we did not do on-site service. Now, customers would come in and ask us to come to their houses, come to their businesses and work. Obviously, we couldn't do the businesses because we were working during the day, but the owner did allow for us to do stuff in the evenings. Of course, he had some stipulations where we could work on a customer's computer, but as long as we needed parts, we bought them from him. And that worked for a little bit. And then we had a couple of other things where I was going with him to networking meetings and we were meeting with other business owners and people and trying to grow the business. And I had a thought of if we're out here networking with other businesses, why are we not catering to businesses? In a sense, what we were doing is making businesses disconnect their computers to bring them to our store to work on them when we should be going to their place because a lot of the problems had to do with stuff that was happening on site in their business. And I fought with him about this for quite some time. And I made the comment to him that, you know, I could go do this. And he looked at me and he said, you won't last a year. So what do I do? I call my friend Coons and we have a conversation and the very next day, I go into his office, I throw my resignation on the, on the desk, and I say, I'm going to prove you wrong. Now, that was August 1997. This is the start of my 25th year in business. It has had its ups, it has had its downs, but I am still here. That store closed shortly after I left. And when I say shortly, I'm not talking months, it didn't collapse because of me. But a few years later, uh, they did not survive. Uh, He even actually contacted me to see if we could partner up and do some work together. And I said, no, can't do that. But I say that to say this. My business does not exist without Amy Coons. Because, again, I was in one of those places where I was like, man, I need to leave this store. I need to do this business. I had all my plans laid out. I had paperwork. I had diagrams. I had business plans. 
but I didn't have money. Now, I was doing okay. I was paying bills. I was able to go out and have fun. But I knew I didn't have enough money to survive three to six months if I couldn't get all the business that I needed to get. Amy didn't have money. She had some money from an inheritance, and she said, how much do you need? And I said, well, I, Amy, I can't do this. I can't. She's like, why? Why not? I have the money. You need the money. Let's do it. So I remember she gave me a loan. And at the time, it was a lot of money. And it took me a little bit of time to pay her back, but I did. But the bottom line is Amy Coons did two things in that time frame where she gave me the talk and the motivation to do what needed to be done. And she went above and beyond what a friend should do in giving me the money to start my business when, in fact, she probably needed that money for herself. MB Systems doesn't exist without Amy Coons. That's all I can say. So that's my story. I know that a lot of you listening have your stories, whether you know Amy or whether you know somebody else. Um, basically, a situation where we need to pay attention to the people around us. Now, when I originally started putting together the plans for this podcast, it was basically going to be a regular podcast update. Here's what I've got coming up. Here's some shows, some guests. And I was going to give an update on just my mom. And probably about three weeks ago, I came across the song. It's been out for a while. I don't know why I just now started hearing it. And it's a song by the singer Cody Johnson. Country song. And it is titled Till You Can't. And it was an interesting song to me because during this time with my mom, my sisters and I, you know, we have those conversations that you have as kids about what we need to do for our parents, what we need to do for our family. And the song talks about things that you need to do until you can't. And now, did we ever truly think that we would lose our mom? Probably not, but we had to think about it because this had been a different situation for us. There are there were things happening that were not normal for my mom, for our family. So those conversations came up. And of course, the whole idea of what are the things that we need to do that we need to make sure we say, because there may become a, there may come a time where we can't. And last week, it was a situation with Amy where I had plans to see her again this September. She lives in Chicago. I live in Florida. And anytime I take a trip to Chicago for business or for work, my plans are to see Amy Coons like clockwork. Last September, I was able to see her. Alan Stafford was there. And it was funny because they showed up Sunday afternoon, which was the end of our conference. And I was in the courtyard with a group of people hanging out, chatting. Amy and Alan came, and I came out with them to the courtyard. We sat, you know, got our talks in, and then we moved over to the group. 
And Amy is not a boisterous person. She's not wild and flamboyant. She's not one of those, you know, leaders that, you know, is going to come in and command attention. But she is somebody that gets it. And it's a quiet leadership. And before you know it, all of my friends, most of them are tech geeks, guys and girls alike, but probably for an hour, they sat and chatted with Amy and Alan about their stuff. Nothing to do with the conference, nothing to do with tech. And the plans were to see her again this this next trip to Chicago. And I had an email that I thought I had sent her to let her know when the trip was, and I did not send it. So, of course, now I'm looking at that song by Cody Johnson called Till You Can't, and that's what I think of. So, ladies and gentlemen, if there's uh, one thing I can tell you is don't wait. Take advantage of the stuff that you can now. If you got a chance, take it. If you got a dream, chase it. I'm going to put a link to the YouTube video of Cody Johnson's song in the show notes, and it'll be here in the chat. So if you are listening to this after the fact, you will have a place where you can go and see that. I think that that is a song. Listen, I know that a lot of you don't know or like country and wonder how in the world can you... Marvin, aren't you supposed to be the hip-hop rap guy? Listen, folks, music is music, and whatever touches the soul, touches the soul. So this is a song that I I think everyone will identify with. So I am going to leave you with that. For those of you that are listening to this by audio, I'm going to be playing a video here that obviously – you're not going to be able to see what I'm playing, but it is a three-minute-long video. So if you want to see it, you'll need to find this episode. Go to UncleMarv.com and find the last episode. Um, there will be a link to the video there. Um, you can watch it. For those of you here in the chat, uh, stay with me after this is over. But this is going to end the podcast with my memories of... Amy Coons.